Thanks for taking the time to check out the One Five Cast, where our episodes are fast on your time and filled with substance. Subscribe to our cast on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Radio Public, and Pocket Casts. Follow us on Instagram at the One Five Cast, and follow our host Will Chase at Dub Chase on Instagram. Thank you for tuning in and enjoy the show. What's up? What's up? On my show today, I have a special guest, my man BZ, representing Philly. You know he's a he's a hardcore Sixers fan, but we're just just chopping it up today, just talking about NBA point guards who are underrated and just right really didn't get there just do but the struggle for us right now is how do you really define that is it based on dudes who may have made maybe an all-star game or no all-star games or do you do this based on guys who were like on the cusp of being all-stars but never got that all-star praise or are you doing this based on hall of flamers but i think what we're just trying to just figure out is we just want to just put some names out there for you to think about who might be considered someone to be underrated. BZ, who do you think of somebody that's like, give me like five guys that you can think of that you would say might be underrated point guards. Um, All top, Rod Strickland. Uh, like you said, Nick Van Axel. Yeah, Nick the Quick. Yeah. Uh, Nick at night. Mahmoud Abdul-Raouf. Uh, Kenny Anderson. Um... Terrell Brandon. Forgot about yeah, him. Yeah, yeah. Um, Avery Johnson. Okay, 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 okay. Like, see, like me, I'm thinking like Mike Bibby, um, White Chocolate Jason Williams I thought was yeah, a bad boy. Yeah, I thought yeah. he was hellacious in his day. Um, another point guard, I think, that really – he was an all-star, but I feel like he kind of got dogged by the NBA to an extent. Stephon Marbury. Yeah. Um, I feel like he yeah. kind of got dogged, and I, I don't understand as to why the NBA dogged him. Um, another point guard who I thought was, was a bad boy, not very many All-Star games. I think he did have maybe one or two. I would say maybe Andre Miller. Yep. And another one who I thought was, was a tough point guard that really didn't get his props was Mookie Blaylock. Mookie Blaylock. People just he held down Atlanta for a long time. Yeah, he just, exactly. He held Atlanta <clears throat> down. Um yeah, that was a good one. Uh, another another guy who I thought was just a, a strong point guard, but he was never an all star. But he, I, I want to say he's the NBA's top five, top three all time assist in all time assist. Mark Jackson. Think right. about it. He was never an all star. He was never an all NBA guy. But you take away his passing to the game, like. Oh yeah. And and this guy, he he probably was an all star, but um, man. Baron Davis. <laughs> Yo, B. Diddy, as I like to call him. Yo, Baron Davis, I think he, I think it's like what you said. I think he might have maybe made it to maybe one or two. But he I don't was, think he's disgusting, though. No, he, he's really not brought up in those conversations. And you know what I think a lot of it boils down to, though, is that these experts, they don't know any more than me or you about basketball. It's just a matter mm-hmm. of... Did they like that dude? Did they not like him? I mean, that's what a lot of that shit, it gets petty, I think, sometimes. And this was before social media where they could, like, tell their story. Yeah, exactly. Because I think another point guard 
I'm like, yo, he really wasn't bad. He played with LeBron. Now, I don't think he was necessarily deserving to be an all-star, but then again, maybe he was. Mo Williams. Mo Williams wasn't, yeah. you know what I mean? He I wasn't, think he made it one, one yeah. year with LeBron, but he, the numbers were there in Milwaukee before he even got there. So Yeah, because he, he, wasn't, he wasn't a bad, he wasn't a terrible player. I and mean, I think I look at some of these current new school guys um, that I think that are kind of underrated, like that got that kind of don't really get their just due. But then paychecks show the money, show it that they can play. Eric Bledsoe, I think, is one. I mean, he's I think he's not quite an all star, but kill him. Yeah, you're right. He, he's actually that's a segue to another point guard who I think injuries kill. Who's that? Ron Harper. Oh gosh, I think you're right. I think Ron Harper, like, because he was the, I think he was kind of like, well, it was magic, but. If you think about another point guard who's, who got cut short, well, I don't think his career got cut short, but I think his stardom, his stardom got cut short was Penny Hardaway. Yeah, yeah, same situation. Like Ron Harper was a 6'6 point guard, Penny, 6'7 point guard, silky smooth, and, and could just bring it to you from all aspects on the offensive end. Penetrate, could pass, could get you in a triple threat, could post you up, mm-hmm. back you down. You're right, Ron Harper was the same way, but then Ron Harper also had them hops where he could bang on you too. Yeah. And defense. Yeah, he could lock two you way, up. Yeah, a two-way player. And, you know, another point guard, I think, that doesn't really get his his props um, when they talk about all-time greats, and he is a Hall of Famer, but I feel like he really doesn't get his props for some weird reason. It's Tim Hardaway. Yeah, yeah. I don't like when people talk top ten point guards, you really don't hear that mention of Tim Hardaway. Um, I think another point guard that was that that's tough that doesn't really get much props either, when you think about it, he, he, he was – he was a solid point guard, and I'm like, damn, why don't they give this guy his props? And to me, that that point guard, and you could think I'm crazy for this. But I'm like, damn, this this dude was nice, Mark Price. Like, I was just Mark thinking about Price. Yeah, 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 that was a good one. It's, yeah, it's a lot that's over overlooked. Um, I mean, I that's like, a good one. I feel like he was like the white Steph Curry, like before Steph Curry. But man, yeah. could shoot from anywhere on the court, and he was tough as nail. Like, you you could knock him down, he'd get his ass back up, and. And he would lock. He would try his best to lock you up. Do you feel like um, Kevin Johnson gets disgusted enough? Yo, you just took the words out of my <laughs> mouth. KJ Kevin Johnson was fucking nasty. I mean, I remember he had a. I remember as a kid. I remember that Converse commercial for his sneaker. Like, he had a sneaker, and he wasn't. Even, I don't even think he was ever first team or second team All NBA. And then they had a sneaker. Like, you're right. Kevin Johnson does. He. I don't know why he gets slept on. He just doesn't get any props at all. And KJ was a bad boy. Even before Barkley got there, KJ was holding it down. I got another person who just recently, like, I mean, he just retired, but it's like he's all, people don't even discuss him. Tony Parker. (laughs) You know, Tony Parker, I think Tony Parker, to me, I discuss him. Um, I think he was definitely, I think he's definitely, I, I think he's definitely. Uh, I think I may have talked about this on a previous episode. I think he's definitely one of those guys that if you just look at top players from 2000, I think you have to put him in that because yeah. he was just, you know, he was one of those players where I think throughout the regular season, you know, we knew what the Spurs were nice, but you didn't hear him getting the prop. Like, like you would hear the Spurs, but you didn't hear him getting a mention. It was all going to Tim Duncan. But come playoff time, nobody wanted to see the Spurs, and they didn't want to have to deal with trying to guard him. Cause he was so damn streaky, but he but his streaky was in a, it was in a good way he was streaky because he would get a deceptive twenty eight points, five to seven assists on your ass with no turnovers. Mm-hmm. Yep. And I think that's what made him so deadly is the fact that this dude 
could give you, yeah, it, five assists doesn't sound like a lot, but it means a lot when you're not turning the ball over. Five assists with no turnovers, that's like, yo. And you're right, Tony Parker was, gosh. But I think what, what, what slowed him down were the injuries, and it just... But, I, but when you look at how long his career was, I mean, he'd been playing oh, he had the professional ball since 14. Yeah, and then he then he came into the league, I think, at 01. Yeah, so I, I think he's, I mean, he still had a great career. They, I think he's definitely a, uh, based on NBA Hall of Fame standards, I would be shocked yeah, if he was I'm not a Hall of Famer. Yeah, I would be shocked if he was Hall of Famer, yeah. I, I, I think I got like, probably one more off top, um, Sam Cassell. Sam Cassell, he is definitely, I think, Top ten, one of the ugliest motherfuckers ever lived. That's walked the face. <laughs> let's let's, let's give, we'll, we'll give him that top ten. But no, Sam Cassell was a bad boy. Sam Cassell to me, he he's one of those guys that even if he didn't play in the NBA, he would be that nigga that was fifty still be in the gym at the YMCA busting everybody's ass like mm-hmm. on the court. I think Sam Cassell was just he was just a gym rat. But Sam Cassell, you're right. He was just such a to me, he wasn't. I think he. For me, what it was, I think that he had a very high basketball IQ. Definitely. And he just he knew where to be and when to be there, and he knew when to score. He knew when to pass. I look at that um, Kevin Garnett Minnesota team. They were terrible until that year they got Cassell and went to the Western Conference Final. <laughs> and the, yeah, you're right because it was it was yeah they had Cassell they got in Sprewell. Yep. And you're right, and I think Garnett got MVP that year. Mm-hmm. And they went to the conference finals. And, it, and it's not that they ran out of gas. It was just, I mean, it, it was the Lakers. Right. Nobody, <laughs> like nobody's beating them. Right, exactly. It was a 2000 Lakers team that, that no one had a, had a chance. I mean, maybe Jesus and the 12 disciples might have had a chance. <laughs> but, I mean, I don't know too Shaq many other. Kobe yeah, Shaq point, and Kobe, yeah. Was nothing. Because that that's when they were, that's when they hit that stride. And that's when they, they hit that gear. I don't know if it was a team in NBA history that would have beat them. At, like, at that, during that time frame. <laughs> yeah, like when I think of. Now, now, here's something to think about. We, I guess we could maybe end the show on this. Top five, or we're going to put a number on it, just some dirty point guards all-time NBA. I think some of the dirtiest point guards I've seen, I'm going to say that people are going to be mad at me for it, but I don't care. Chris Paul is dirty, Definitely. okay? Derek, Pat Bev. D- Patrick Beverly. Derek Fisher was, a, was dirty. Yeah. Derek Fisher would catch you with all kinds of little... Um. I think another dirty one, Danny Ainge. I mean, I'm not... I got, I got one. He... He wasn't listed at point guard, but when you look at how he was using offense, uh, Manu Ginobili. Oh gosh, the way he would, <laughs> the way Manu Ginobili would, the way he would shoot the ball, and then after he would get his shot off, he would go into you, and it was a foul on you. Mm-hmm. Fucking fall into you. And he started the flop. Yeah, yeah. He, you know what? Flop he is, <laughs> he is the king of the flop. He, yep. he definitely. But I remember that time when Kobe did the same shit to him. He was like, Kobe, Kobe did that shit on purpose. Right. Kobe <laughs> did that to send a message to his ass. Um. I think another point guard, now to think about it, another point guard who I thought was, I thought he was solid. Um, and, and, and I thought he was a solid point guard, and he, he did things to help his team win. He didn't have gaudy numbers, but I thought he did things to always put his team in a position to win the game. And and you, and, you, and I've already said this guy's name, but he I always felt like he just always was that leader to to put his team in, in a winning position. And actually, I did not say his name, so I do I do apologize. And he was actually on your Philadelphia 76ers. I thought Eric Snow was a point guard for the 76ers, even when AI was out of a game or you know due to injury or whatever. 
he always kept the Sixers in the game. Uh, and it's I'm not because not Eric Snow but, but I, I understand that, but what I'm saying is he and not that Eric Snow's gonna drop thirty on you, but he just he just kept he could just keep the flow of the offense going. I, I you know what I mean? You, you see what I'm saying? He can keep the that's why he can keep the flow of the offense going and he can keep guys in in their spots on defense and it, but it but he helped to keep the team together and and it, and what I mean by that is the Sixers weren't getting blown out by thirty or twenty points because he I felt like he was like a glue guy. You know what I mean? I'm not saying he was a star. I'm not saying he he's the best player on that team. No, we know he wasn't. But and I'm not saying he deserved to be an all star. But he was just a glue guy that I feel like he was an ex- he's a true extension of a coach on that floor for those Sixers teams. Mm-hmm. And and AI respected him, and, and and you know, and I think he and I think his his IQ matched AI's intensity on that court. But, but but he, but you're right. He he didn't unfortunately. You know they weren't able to get that championship in Philly when AI was there. But I, that 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 I was an AI fan, but I was actually rooting for that Sixers team in '01 to do the impossible. I think the oh, whole country yeah, was. Yeah, man, the the city that I still remember, like the night they won they won the Eastern Conference Finals, like like that was a memory. <laughs> so and then the night that they uh, won Game One against the Lakers was crazy. Yeah, I mean that. Yeah, because that was so unexpected. No one had them winning that game. Word, yeah. Like I actually thought they had a chance to win the series. Just being an optimistic fan, um, you know when it happened. But yeah, <laughs> and you know, and I think one point guard. We can we can end this on this. I think the one point guard right now who is extremely underrated in the NBA right now. I think Malcolm Brogdon is extremely. My, my, Malcolm Brogdon is good. Yeah, I like him a lot. You know, and I thought I thought Milwaukee would fall off a little bit, not like a major fall off, but I, I do think that they'll they'll miss him come playoff time. Um, and, and and we see him being plugged in with that Indiana team. Indiana's doing what they're supposed to do, but I think come playoff time, I think Milwaukee may miss him just a little, just a little, because Malcolm Brogdon, he just he doesn't do anything great. He just does a lot of things mm-hmm. good, but that's a good thing. That's good. And he doesn't – he's another point guard to me where he doesn't turn the ball over. And for me, if I'm a coach of a team, I want my point guard to not turn the ball over. I don't need him to score 30. I mean, it would be nice if he could give me 30 every mm-hmm. night. But as long as he's not turning that ball over, you know, that that's important. And I think another point guard, he, he – I feel like people know who he is. But he doesn't really get when people talk about best point guards. I think his name doesn't get brought up, but I think he might be. But I know it seems records not currently showing that. But I think Dame Lillard really is that good. Well, he got paid. I I think people respect Dame. Um, yeah, I th- I think I think Dame's loyalty to that small market is why he doesn't get brought up in those conversations. I think I think if Dame does the same stuff. In New York or LA, oh, even gotta be that big, but just you know another market could even be Philly, like you know what I mean. Mm-hmm. I think he's you know he's one of the faces of the league, but it's just it's Portland. It's Portland, yeah. yeah. <laughs> like, like, only thing I mean, when we think when I think Oregon and Portland, I'm not thinking of Trailblazers. I'm thinking Nike, right? <laughs> and and, and just, then, you, know. you know, a lot of the, the TV is dominated by East Coast viewership. Like, yeah, we're never even up long enough to watch those games. <laughs> yeah, so, it's very it's very true. Yeah, so but, that, yeah, it, it, I I respect the loyalty in his old school approach to the game, so I'm not mad. I I guess just as a fan of him, I would like to see him in a bigger market. But um, and I think as he gets older, I think he may his 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 viewpoints may change. And, I, and, I, and, I, and I'm gonna throw this out, you know, 
Maybe he, he's open to getting traded for Ben Simmons. Maybe. Oh. maybe. <laughs> maybe. <laughs> and Embiid, that would be a hell of a dynamic duo. Mm-hmm. Embiid and D, and D. Lillard? Oh, God. Oh, Make gosh. it happen, Elton Brand. <laughs> <laughs> so, I'm out for this episode with BZ, man. Thank you so much for just chopping it up with me and just shooting the shit, man. Much appreciated. That was cool, man.